Hello and welcome to another edition of Heaven and Hell. I'm your host, Joe Wilmot. And today we're going to talk about a few things that uh, are coming up to the mind and seeing what just uh, flows out of the old uh, sword of the spirit. That's another reference for the uh, the words that I use. So a lot of things are taking place with this COVID-19 issue. And a lot of people are sick. A lot of people are dying. And it's kind of like the world was put on hiatus. Uh, it was stopped. You know, like the travel, the busy economy, the the trades, the education, the working, you know, everything. And it became something of, you know, who needs to get the best stuff to maintain during this time period where we're all asked to stay at home. It's not the most ideal situation for any American going through this. It's not the most ideal thing for somebody to stop their work life, stop the income, get laid off from a job, have to apply for unemployment, and everybody's stopping what they do. It's unfortunate. But I think it gives us a time to reflect. It gets us out of this manic lifestyle that we live in, you know, always working, always going fast, always trying to be number one. And if you listen to anything that I say, you hear me talk about not trying to be number one all the time. We don't have to be number one to be successful. We don't have to be the greatest person on earth to be successful. We don't have to bring in a hundred thousand dollars a year to be successful we don't have to do that it's not needed what's needed is time to invite god into our lives invite god in see what he can do for you i was in a troubling spot when i was in college i was a partier You know, I hung out with my friends. I drank a lot. You know, I drank probably at least 2.5 times during the week. Not just your occasional drink, but drinking to get drunk. I drank 2.5 times, 2.5 days, mostly every weekend. You know, there'd be the Thursday, you know, a little bit of drinking. There'd be the Friday and Saturday drinking, and there'd be Sunday Time to do all your homework that you have for the week. You know, I was still responsible. I still graduated. I still got out of college with, uh, you know, decent GPA. I got 2.85 or 8.6 on my GPA. I was trying to get up to a three-point before I graduated, so I had something to brag about. You know, that uh, that B-plus, you know, the uh, B-plus GPA but that didn't happen. Maybe if I spent more time on my studies, maybe if I spent more time uh, involved in the coursework that I could have perhaps been more successful at what I did. But uh, 
if that wasn't the case, I decided to entertain myself while I was at college and did things that were what young people do when they get out on their own. They drink. They incorporate marijuana into their lives. Not all of them, just some of them. And that was my downfall. You know, I wasn't a very good person. I mean, I still was a good person. I was kind to everybody. I was nice. I was I was like a person who got people together. You know, I, uh, I went out and I found people and I invited them to be my friend. And I had a lot of friends. I had a lot, a lot of friends. Especially in high school. I was I tried to be friends with everybody. I had one group, two group, three groups. Three groups that I hung out with on occasion to uh either watch a basketball game, watch the Pistons when they were, you know, playing good basketball, or to go over to a friend's house and play cards, you know, Texas Hold'em, or you know, have music going and drinking and beer pong and didn't do that in in uh high school wasn't allowed i wasn't 21 and most of my friends parents didn't allow that type of behavior either but we still got together and played music listened to stuff and watched movies and played sports and yeah that was my other group the the sports the jocks the athletes you know playing basketball after school or going outside to the track or just playing football with the school and all that type of stuff so, you know, I was a very friendly guy. You know, I had a lot of friends. Now I find myself, you know, I have few friends, just a few friends. And I realized that we're different people when we're around certain people. When we are around a vast environment, we become subject to the environment that we're around. We become subject to the friends that we incorporate into our lives. You know, we adapt to mesh and to connect with these people. And when you don't have that, you don't necessarily adapt your lifestyle to connect with people. So what I've done during this time, I've had my family with me. And I've adapted myself to connect with my family and to be one with my family and to understand who my family is and you know, who actually cares about me? You know, all these friends that you have growing up, all these friends that you have on Facebook, all these friends that you try to talk to on Facebook or that you try to call up someday and see how they're doing. Are they really your friends? Do they really have time to stop and talk to you? How many of them have time to stop and talk? And not many of them do. And it's the same way after the world has been put on pause, you think that, okay, well, maybe we'll try reconnecting with some people now that they have a little bit more time on their hands. And then you find out that uh, they still have more important things to do than talk to you. So the important thing to remember is the only people you really have in your life are your family. You have friends that you can talk to. I have a few that do respond and do talk to me. But I don't have a lot of friends that I go and do stuff with. And now more than ever, there's not really a thing to go and do together. Before, when I was in college, it would be going to a bar or having a party or 
playing beer pong or playing cards or doing something. And that kind of gets taken away as time rambles on, as you grow and develop and mature into an adult, and you really just connect with your family. I know you're supposed to grow up, get a job, get a wife, get a family, get kids, and do all that type of thing. I kind of took a different route. I grew up, went to school, got educated, had friends. Then I had a major break, and it really changed the structure of my life. The break initially was an awakening of sorts, not the awakening of spiritual enlightenment. If that's what you want to call it, you can call it that. But what I call it is a new life, being born again. I went back up to school and I wanted to start reading the Bible. This was, you know, during the course of my break, I I said, I want to start reading the Bible. So I went back up there and started reading the Bible. I was extremely manic at the time, but little did I know that uh, as time went on while I was reading the Bible, it was a mass explosion of enlightenment, a mass explosion of rebirth. I even got in the shower and didn't use shampoo and just kind of cleansed myself and said I was baptized again of the Holy Spirit. You know, it was like being born again. I got born again when I went to. Salt St. Marie at War Memorial Hospital, there was a pastor there, and he told me to repeat after him, and I did, and I prayed, and I apparently got officially born again in 2017. But doing it on my own terms, and then doing it officially, marked the passage from somebody who is just casual with the Bible, and doing it on their own way, You realize you can't do it your own way. You have to resort to the Bible. You have to resort to the teachings of people who dedicate their life to preaching the gospel. And when I was born again, I was an outcast. I was an outlier. I was uh, not fit for society. Um, This goes back to the first born again, the one that I did on my own. I I was not deemed correct. I was uh, mentally ill. Um, You could say I still am mentally ill, but for the most part, my symptoms are under control and I don't have too many mental illness problems. I've done a lot of hard work to try to get back to a point of structure, to try to get back to a point of being firm with who I am and standing on my own two feet, becoming independent. And I've been able to do that. And had it not been for the Bible, had it not been for God, I don't know how lost I would be. I don't know where I would be in the world today, probably having a job somewhere, and probably getting released from from the job during the coronavirus. Probably not having a secure income, probably being knee-deep or neck-deep in finances, and struggling. Everything that's happened during my life has happened in accordance to how I've structured my life and then being one with Christ. So it really is a showment of, you know, my devotion and my connection to 
the Bible to, to say, you know, I am being successful. I own property. I own a vehicle. I have work. I have a steady income. You know, I'm not suffering with student loans. I have enough food to put on my table. I'm extremely fortunate during these tough times for Americans and during these tough times for people that are struggling to pay their house payment. I'm extremely fortunate because I did have an alternate route. And at times, I absolutely hated it. I hated my route. I hated everything about it. I didn't want to go down this path. But it's made me stronger. It made me into the person that I am today. And I can say that I'm proud of who I am today. I'm happy with who I am today. Sure, sometimes I fall subject to sin. Some days more than another. Some days I use the Lord's name in vain. And I repent because I know that that's not good. And if I don't repent, I say I repent now. And I'm sorry for doing so. Sometimes I still have this disconnect with people to where I don't feel so connected to them to where I care so much. I know you should care and you should care about a lot of things, especially the 26,000 plus people that have died so far from Corona. But I can say that I hasn't affected me yet so i can say you know where where does this virus come into play with you know how it affects my life i do feel bad for people who have lost people and are not able to go to funerals i know how tough it is to lose a loved one i've lost loved ones before but i also do know that the lord is always with you and he doesn't allow anything to happen that doesn't prepare us better for the future this may be suffering right now for a lot of people, but it's time to repent and to put faith in Jesus, to put faith in God's Son that, forget, that gave himself to forgive your sins. And I feel like an extremely fortunate person that I was able to get on this train of belief and of Scripture and of faith and of the Holy Spirit because it's made me stronger. I'm able to endure any battle that comes my way. I'm able to stand up tall and firm and strong. And I'm able to hold my own. I'm able to do things through God that I never would have been able to do before if I never had God in my life. If I didn't have God in my life, I'd probably still be drinking. I still smoke the occasional cigar, but I'm trying to work that out of my life. Slowly but surely, it'll come to pass to where I don't no longer need a cigar and I can go outside and enjoy the view on my deck without smoking one. I just want to say that I think that by being born again, we can all come closer to God. And it's not an easy thing to do. I'm not saying you have to go through a psychotic break or you have to go through a complete transformation. The transformation takes place over a long period of time to develop into who you're going to be with Christ the Lord. I know for me, it's taken over seven years now. Seven years and counting, and I still haven't read the entire Bible. I've read probably 70% of the Bible so far, and I still have a long ways to go. 
to, to incorporate everything that's being taught from the Holy Bible into who I am as a person. But even after I incorporate all of the Bible into who I am as a person, I'm going to stay devotional to get the daily scripture a day. I just purchased something on Amazon. It was 101 scripture readings to carry in your pocket. It's a little pocketbook that has 101 scriptures that you can pull out and you can read a scripture every once in a while. And to me, that's important because I think we gain strength from scripture. We gain God's word from scripture and we gain reassurance and positivity. And it connects to us. It builds us and it makes us stronger people. I know for me every day I wake up and the first thing I do is I want to look at the Bible app to continue my streak. I'm on 97 or 98 straight days on the Bible app of listening to scripture, of reading scripture. I'm on day 55 or day 60 of reading from the Bible on the, on the Bible plan of reading the whole Bible in a year. I've gone through books, Genesis, Exodus, Levictus job. I'm on Psalms and numbers right now. So it's not an easy transformation to make, but I do tell you, if you do incorporate it into your life, if you do allow it to come in, it makes you, it builds you and it equips you for battle against the enemy. The enemy is a subconscious thought. The enemy is an evil thought. The enemy is something that is greedy. It's one of the seven deadly sins that you can incorporate into your life that a lot of people do without even noticing. Greed, lust, violence, gluttony. You know, in a lot of verses in the Bible, it says that uh, he shall make you fat. You know, not fat as in, you know, the... Uh, you know, the lazy, as in, you know, uh, slothful, but as in, you know, wealthy. You know, in, in times of past, it was told that bigger people, you know, have a sign of a lot of wealth because they're able to eat, eat hurdy, eat heftily or nicely or whatever. But what I'm saying is, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm in good shape. I can do my work. I can go do the docs. I'm not affected by this coronavirus to where I can't go to work every day. And I really do have a lot of successful people in my life. Most importantly, my father. If it wasn't for my father, I don't know where I would be. If it wasn't for my mother, I don't know where it would be. If it wasn't for everybody in my family, I don't know where I would be because they've all been very important aspects to my recovery. Now, not all of them understand my illness. Not all of them understand how I do things. And more importantly, I'm more alone now than I was at the beginning. Now that I've come onto this strong path of believing and structure according to the Bible, people are going to challenge you and they're going to try to direct your attention elsewhere and try to pull you from what is important. And to me, what is important is following the sound word of what is written in the Bible. It is God's word, and it is something that makes you stronger and something that makes you a better person. I know I don't have a lot of connected thoughts to these people who are suffering, to these people who are dying, and I don't feel a lot of sympathy 
for them, but I do know that it is a bad thing, and I do know that if it were to hit somebody in my family, it would affect me greatly. So my thoughts and prayers do go out to people who are suffering and who do have people that are affected by this virus because I can only imagine the type of pain that you must feel when you see a loved one that is suffering. For that is what my parents saw with me when I was suffering from mental illness. I can say that I am healthy right now and I am doing a lot better than what I've done in the past. And I'm incredibly thankful for where I am today. I have a roof over my head. I have food to eat. I have... Um, a vehicle to drive. I have a job to work at. You know, I'm, I'm a successful person by my own means and standards. What I've missed so far is the connectivity to people. If I have one prayer that isn't answered, I wouldn't say it's not answered. It's been answered. I do have friends, but if I have one prayer that I would, I would hope for something more from it's to find the right person to spend my life with to end up living with and end up getting married to one day I'd eventually like to be married and I'd like to have, you know, a companion to journey with me through this life of mine and not be so critical or not be so rude or not be so mean or not be so hasty or not be so negative. I'm looking for a companion that's going to build me and make me a stronger person, not somebody who's going to bring me down. And so often we find in this culture, we find people that just want to spit negativity, spit evil, spit, spit awful negative things your way, whether it be fake accounts on social media, whether it be fake accounts on dating apps, whether it be, you know, people who just want to toy with your brain and, you know, you know, send you a text at this time, but not at this time, not doing this, not doing that. Oh, but, you know, I do care, or, you know, that type of thing. It's a child's game. So, if I have one thing to ask for, it's it's uh, to find another person that I can spend my life with. But other than that, I've accomplished and I have been given everything that I need to succeed. And it's all through the process of being born again. That's what this episode is going to be called. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Joe Wilmot on Heaven and Hell. And this has been an episode on JCHW Broadcasting called Born Again. <laughs>